Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen. With me today are Louis D'Souza and Anne-Marie Young. This is your Daily Dose of Happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. Indeed we are, and uh, we are wishing anybody who is listening from the U.S. a happy Labor Day weekend, because that's what we're celebrating here in the U.S. It's, it's Labor Day weekend, which in the U.S., that, that's sort of the... Um, it's the symbolic end of summer, at least in theory, that's the way it's supposed to be. In practice, it depends on where you live. But in theory, that's where it's supposed to be. It certainly is working out that way where we, li- we live here in New England. Um, and in fact, uh, we were talking before we got going here. And Anne-Marie, just as you're facing a whole bunch of rain, we're facing a whole bunch of rain, which means there are a whole bunch of barbecues that are going to get rained out. So if your barbecue got rained out, well, listen to the podcast, you know, hey, right, (laughs) we'll give you something to do. That's not quite the same thing, but hopefully it'll help. Um, And we were also talking, Louis, you were telling a a rather interesting story about how um, rain could be an issue in South Africa before we got started. And it was an issue not because of the nature, but because of the humans, which is not a story you hear very often. Yeah. Um, when, when I was young um, and lived on the side of the mountain in South Africa, the um, farmers, the tobacco farmers, used to pay a company to fly over the huge uh, rain clouds and spray them first with silver iodide, um, which they discovered was a bit poisonous, so they changed to dry ice afterwards. And this would disperse um, the clouds and, uh, you know, we'd stand there watching these huge storms roll in and then hear the planes go over and then everything be dispersed. And this happened time and time again. It was very frustrating because everybody wanted rain and wanted water, but these these tobacco farmers that, uh, you know, completely captured everything. You know, it was the, the storms in South Africa are like really, really huge. And um, we used to stand at night um in our from our bedroom window and just look out and you'd see this incredible sheet lightning strike the whole valley and light up the whole valley like it was daytime and then you'd have the zigzag lightning hitting different targets along the way Mm. and uh once my my sister and i were standing out there waiting for the storm to roll in and the lightning was struck very close to us to one of our power pylons um and the shock, the electric shock in the ground made our muscles twitch and both of us fell down on the ground. Wow. Um, so that's, yeah, that's as pretty close. close. As I've loved to being struck by lightning, but it was interesting that the, um, the muscular effect of the lightning at a distance. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, yeah. I had never heard of that before, but I experienced it. <laughs> well, that's one way to find out about it, to experience it. The rest of us, I think, would rather just hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, but, you know, we loved watching the storms run in, uh, come in and you, you see all these people in, in the UK. There's just a little bit of thunder or lightning and they're crawling under the, under the tables and under the sheets. He's <laughs> like, this is not a storm. You have no idea what a storm is. We have my little one in bed. Oh, go ahead. I was just saying. We had my little one in bed last night because we had a thunderstorm and lightning and she was scared and literally just took her to the window. Let's watch it. Well, I was just going to say, not not everybody in the UK is afraid because you were telling us how you were loving rain when it comes through. Yeah, it's not exactly a storm. We haven't got the thunder and lightning, but I'm used to that now. But yeah, I love listening to the rain. I was just sat downstairs listening to it for 20 minutes, just chilling out. I just find it so therapeutic. I just love it. It can be meditative. Uh, it is very, very therapeutic. Mm. 
the thing about South Africa and where I was brought up again was um, we had corrugated iron roofs, so we really heard it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be loud. I love it when you go. Yeah. I love it when you go camping and you can hear it on the tent. Yeah. You yeah, yeah, feel yeah. all cozy. It's great. Yeah, just as long as you don't have a hole in the tent. <laughs> that would, yeah. Yeah. We've I'll, been I'll camping and we've been blown down. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'll tell you another story of when I was camping. Um, I was just, just one friend of mine, uh, a Durban friend, and we, we climbed up the big, big mountains in South Africa, the Drakensberg Mountains, or the Dragon Mountains. And um, we we'd camped at the top, and as we were coming down the gorge, um, I said to my friend, uh, we need to set up the bivy. He said, what do you mean? I said, we need to set up the bivy. He said, what for? I said, I don't know, but we've got to set up the bivy. <laughs> so I set up the bivy and he was just looking at me, standing and he looking at me, shaking his head. And so I struck, struck the bivy at like a 45 degree angle and I put it against some trees and there was, wasn't much there. There was a river running past. And then suddenly we had this hail pounding, the pound, wow. absolutely pounding down, you know, golf, golf ball size. And we were both crawled under the bivy and we were sitting there and it was amazing because this thing was so hard that two of the stones came through the bivy, completely broke through. Wow. And, and wow. we were scared as nothing because there was nothing to protect us anywhere. There was nowhere, you know, for miles, any shelter in any shape or form. This was just a couple of sticks, trees around the place. And the, and the thing that absolutely fascinated me, he never talked about it again. He never discussed it. He never said it was a while. He never said anything. He just blanked it out. It was, that was the end of it. The, the whole scenario, the whole experience was was something I don't know if he ever told anybody again, but I never heard him mention it to anybody anyway, anytime. It was just freaky. <laughs> I, I'm confused Why? about something because uh, a, a bivy, as I understand it, is like a tent, but this sounds like it was, it was a hard shell of some kind. Yeah, it, it was really a top Um to be honest. It was just a top tarpaulin. So we had had a tent. We were up there and we slept in, well, we actually slept in a cave. But, um, you know, we carried up a small tent with that, that had a ground sheet. So it was the ground sheet we actually tied up. And in the army, that kind of ground sheet was what we called a bivy. But, you know, um, it's really I'm, an I'm army just, term. I'm just amazed you could deflect the, the hail. That's pretty... That's pretty amazing. Yeah, I think, I think the, the, the biggest advantage I had when I did it is I kind of put it at a 45 degree angle. And I think that's oh, okay. what, so, yeah. what, what helped the most. And it, where, where it wasn't a 45 degree angle, that's where the two stones came through. Right. But of course, they were, they were massively reduced in the impact, even those two, but still it was scary as hell. I'm <laughs> I was sure. thinking, what would I have done? I would have gone into the stream yeah. and put my backpack above my head and hid in the water. <laughs> <laughs> but you would have been black and blue after that. It would have been uh, absolutely yeah. devastating. So, so so what do you attribute it to? Do you actually feel like you were getting a, 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 an internal message from source or something? Or why do you think you got that idea? You know, Wald, I've had a few of these experiences along the way, and I can't really answer that. I can only say I got an idea to do this, a strong one, and I was not to disobey it. It was the weirdest thing because I've never had anything like this happen before or again when I was hiking. Um, it was a one-off, uh, and I'm just glad I did it. That's all I can say. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. yeah. But but you also said, I mean, it's, apparently it's not completely a one-off because you have said 
just now that it's happened. Yeah, one off when I was hiking, I meant. Yeah. yeah. So, but, but the, what are some of the other occasions where you've had something like that and you just went with it like, whoa, I'm so glad I did that. <laughs> so, so the other one I've mentioned before on the program once, I think. Um, so I was living in a communal type house with young professionals in Durban in South Africa. And, uh, I was going to sleep now. I had a, a bunk bed that was high up. And you literally had to climb up a ladder to get up there. And it was my own room. It was separate from the house. And uh, I was lying fast asleep. And then suddenly I woke up. And there's this huge question in my head. What would you do if somebody breaks into your room? It's like, what? <laughs> and I just tried to ignore it and go back to sleep. But it would not allow me to go back to sleep until wow. I answered the question. And I'd heard on a spiritual seminar, not too distant future before that, the guy was saying when somebody broke in, he shouted with the shout of spirit so I said I will shout and as soon as I, I did that I was allowed to go back to sleep and I went back to sleep and I don't know how much longer after that but the light in my room went on and I was like what what and then I see this this guy with a stocking over his head wandering around my room sees my wallet picks it up and as I look over the, the, the little lip of the bed and I'm seeing all this I'm absolutely frozen in terror I was absolutely shocked um, and then immediately I thought, I'll shout. And I was like, wow, okay. So I I'm, I'm got my head over the side and I just go, it's <laughs> this incredible <laughs> shout. And um, this guy literally goes white under the mask. Because <laughs> <laughs> my head is about this far away from him. <laughs> and he just bolts out there. like shocked to hell I'm going to black. He didn't know that, you know, somebody was sleeping up there or even watching them and the sound was scary. So, you know, after that, I climb down and I go see where he's gone and I knock on the other guy's doors in the place and I say, hey, why didn't you come when I shout? The guy said, with a shout like that, I wasn't going anywhere. It <laughs> <laughs> was very funny, very funny. Oh, wow. Well, you found out you could really shout. That's something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was, it was fascinating. I mean, the sound that came out of my mouth even scared me, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact you could do it, that it when you're frozen curdling. in terror. <laughs> exactly. But the only reason I could do that is because I pre-prepped. Yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, because my, my higher self knew this was going to happen and woke me up. It's, I have perceived it as my higher self. See, that sounds like a source connection to me. Absolutely. I mean, but I don't want to put labels on it. I'll just tell people what it is. You know, I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> yes, it's definitely uh, a source connection, but I'm not going to call it that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll, I'll let you make your own decision. This is what happened to me. You make your own decisions. <laughs> okay. That's <fair> enough. <laughs> you, you will warn us the next time that there's something coming up just in case. I mean, because we'd like to be prepared too, if, if possible. Sorry, yeah. I'm, I, I, I was missing that. I don't quite understand what you're getting. Oh, I, I mean, like, if, don't if shout in like our ears. If, if, well, that <laughs> oh, one, oh, oh yeah. did I shout? <laughs> no, 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 no. But I'm saying, if anything like this comes up, you know, give us a heads up so that we know it to be, you know, four. No, no, no. I want you to experience the raw power. Of the <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! How, there, how old there was were you a, when that it, happened? Um. So I'd been to the army, so I left school at 18, 19, 20. So I was about 21, 22 when it happened. Which kind of fits because, I mean, you've told a lot of your stories um, over the years that you've been on the podcast. 
uh, particularly mm-hmm. regarding health and, and all the things you were trying to learn about health, as well as the main question you were always trying to answer, which was, why the heck am I here? Mm-hmm. And in the course of asking those questions, you, you, you were probably doing a whole lot of work to connect to source. So it kind of makes sense that you would have enough connection there to get that, that kind of messaging. Yeah, I mean, I was probably a few years into starting a spiritual, a new spiritual path, which was going very, very well for me. And, uh, you know, so I was doing a lot of focus on out of body, uh, connection, meditation, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, there was probably quite a strong connection, but I think right from birth, there was a strong connection, but it's just continued. Well, I'm, well, most people, well, I shouldn't say most people. I don't know for a fact. Most of the people that I've asked about this kind of thing will tell me that. They probably had it when they were born, but then they kind of lost it in somewhere like the four to six to eight to 10 year range, something like that. And then later on in life, they, they, they worked to get it back. So when you're saying mm-hmm. you, you kept it all along, that's fairly significant. I haven't heard that story too often. Yeah. I mean, the only way I put it down to is, is the prime and only real drive that I've had in my life was to know why I'm here and that drive automatically sends you to to the source concept if you like it or not if you want it or not if you agree with it or not it, it, you land up getting driven in that area in mm-hmm. that direction and, right and you start uh, looking at aspects of non-physical and weird and wonderful things which is exciting I mean it's the most exciting journey of my life is my spiritual one bar none um which makes sense in a sense. Um, mm-hmm. in, in that room, what else happened? Oh, yes, those out-of-body experiences, which the first ones I ever had were there. Oh, the, so, that same place, okay. You know, in that high bed, you know, yeah. I, I my first experience was I found myself floating head first straight down to the floor in that room. And then I was saying as I was going down, I hope to God I'm not in my physical body. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you telling that story too. That's great. <laughs> and then I slipped around the corner and there was my bicycle there and the reflectors were so bright in the, in the astral that I got such a shock. I went straight back in my body. My heart was pounding and I was sitting up. I was like, what the heck just happened? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so a lot of, lot of things happen in that room. Loads of things. But, um, I was there probably for four years or five years. Um, I started Kung Fu in there. I started my university studies. I started um, Tai Chi when I was in there. That was a pretty um, significant time in your life then. A lot of stuff going on. The, the, those crystal story I like telling was in that room. Um, okay. You know, I bought all these crystals. Everybody in the new age profession said crystals were the thing to do. I'd tried them all. I'd meditated with them. I'd played with them. Nothing, nothing. Mm. So these all rubbish. Give them one last try. Put them all under my pillow for the night. And I had these most color-driven dreams I've ever had in my life. Colors I've never even seen before. They were so vivid, absolutely stunningly vivid. I was so shocked. I woke up and I took all my crystals and buried them in my garden. Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Got a little more data than you wanted. Okay. <laughs> I remember being scared even to come out again. <laughs> I love it. But from that day on, my respect for crystals changed. That's yeah. Funny. Well, I would think yeah, with an experience like that, yeah, I would have. I think everybody would have that kind of uh, change of heart, shall we say. Emery, I mean, was, has your experience growing up and so forth been the typical experience where you probably did come in with a, a connection to source but kind of lost it over time? Or did you have anything similar to Louie? Um, yeah, I think mine I kind of lost. I think 
I still had what they call like supernatural things like happening and going on because I believed in it. Mm. Um, but yeah, the connection, the whole connection to source came back sort of in later life for sure. But I can remember sort of um, just as Louis was talking, I remember having this connection with my old cat and she hated everybody. She was a very old cat and she was a rescue. And we just seemed to communicate all the time. And I remember one day she went out and she didn't come home that evening. And she thought it was very unlike her. And I was asleep and it, it was silly o'clock in the morning. But I just remember hearing the loudest meow. Literally, it was like vibrating in the room. It wasn't just like a, the cat was in the room. Um, so I went to my spare bedroom and there she was sat upstairs on the windowsill. She was obviously calling me to get in. She'd obviously got that connection while I was in my mm. sleep state. And, um, yeah. And then just having conversations. And I remember when she died, I remember feel, her feeling her jump up on the bed and cuddle into me like she always used to. And it was only that one time, but just after she went. So I just, that all that reassurance. So it kind of was gone. All this, I believed it, the stuff I believed in was still there, but the actual connection to source, I didn't learn more about until I was older. So where did you feel like you kind of lost it? Where did, what do you think changed to get it back? I think it just lost as you receive your parents' beliefs and mm-hmm. um, having somebody who, my mother had mental health, so growing up in that kind of state in the house, it just, everything was a lower vibration. So I just didn't know about it. Um, and I'd say it was literally, like I said, in, in the last six years, I've learned to feel that again mm. and learn about it and experience it and embrace it. And now I'm a true believer like Father Christmas. <laughs> cool. I like that. I believe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking yeah, about I've had so many conversations about belief recently. It's been a lot of fun. Anything you care to share? Are they sauna uh, stories? I was in the sauna the other day. There we go. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and this guy was, uh, uh, you know, talking about beliefs. So I tried to break down belief for him. And I said, well, the way I look at it is the thought you think of. And what do you think of that? And he was saying, no, it's not. It's much more than that. I think it's this. So you think. Isn't that a thought? You know, and he was saying all these words, which I said, isn't that a thought? Isn't that a thought? And he was going, but it was, it was, it was fun because, you know, that I think I told the story the other week is he was the guy who got, got a little bit frustrated. So I said to him, you know, you believe this. And that's great. And I'm allowing you to believe that. And it's fine. And it's all right. But can you allow me to believe what I believe and, 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 and be okay with that too? And he was like trying to get his head around that. And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then the whole energy in the room completely shifted and he, mm. you know, continued with a nice conversation. But, um, yeah, it, it's interesting when you, when you're sitting down with people and, and you watch their heckles rise and then you can take those heckles and just, you know, fluff them down and make them smooth again, and then you can rise them up again, and you can you can play with that kind of. When you become very aware after a while, you can you can kind of see the whole game going on, and and because you're not caught up in it and you're not worried about it, you can just let it all flow. 
yeah, that getting up, getting caught up on it is actually where, where we get trapped into falling into that lower vibe zone. Anne Marie was talking about it, it was reminding me, Anne Marie, when you said that of my own childhood, and I'm trying to place exactly where it all happened. I'm going to say the, the typical years, somewhere between four and eight, somewhere in that range. I found myself dwelling a lot on all the things that seemed to be wrong. And I didn't understand why they were wrong. That, that was like the perpetual question. Louis's perpetual question was, why am I here? My perpetual question is, why is everything so messed up? <laughs> and of course, the more that I explored, yeah, the more that I explored mm-hmm. that question, the more that I, of course, drove myself away from my own source connection. So mm-hmm. I can kind of, I, I mean, if, as I look back, I can kind of see, so to speak, or I can kind of feel, that's probably a better way of saying it. I can feel where a transition took place. I don't have a really clear memory of what my source connection was like before that happened. I have like little glimpses of it. And I don't have anything more clear than that. So that's why I'm intrigued by the the stories you guys tell, Louis, about how Mm -hmm. you never really lost it at all. And Anne-Marie, how you kind of lost it and regained it. Well, yeah, it's, str- it's difficult to say I never lost it. You know, I wasn't fully aware that I ever had it when I was young. Didn't know there was something to lose. You know, it's such a varied journey at every stage in your life. It's so different. Hmm. You know, you know that saying. You know, in my past life, I was an IT person. In my past yeah. life, I was, <laughs> you know, you really feel like it was a past life. <laughs> you do, yeah. After a while. <laughs> Even though I do talk a lot about past lives. Um, well, in a sense, I mean, all these, these, I guess you could call them eras in our lives, our little sections of our lives, you know, subdivisions, whatever you want to call them, they, they, they do seem to be discrete. I mean, there was the time that you're in school, and then this, if you go to university, there's time when you're in university, and then there's that chunk of time when you're you know, 20s or 30s or something like that. We, we divide our lifetimes up into those chunks and they usually get associated with, like in the case of, of uh, your your um, your bunk bed, you, you're in a particular location and, and there's associations with that location and the various uh, paths that you start to pursue in that location. That That's the kind of thing we tend to associate with the, the eras of our lives. So, yeah, it makes total sense that we would say, well, that's a past life. In a sense, it was. Mm. Even if it was the same lifetime, it's still, in, in a sense, it was different because mm. the location was different. The thought pattern was different. The friends were different. The events were different. They were all, they were, they were a different grouping. Mm. I like looking back and just sort of reviewing my life, knowing what I know now. And when my first daughter was born, I just felt the most amazing love that I'd never felt before. And I'd say that's mm. like one of my most abundant times. Got promoted, mm. got money, promotions, this, you know, it was just everything was going wonderful. And it was obviously because I was in that love state. Um, yeah. Not that I don't love them anymore, but just that sure. first couple of years where it's just so precious. So, Anne-Marie, and so you know now I know what I know. No, I'm not having another kid. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you caught on quick, well then. <laughs> <laughs> too old, too tired, uh, not doing it. <laughs> that was a long conversation, the, quite real short. <laughs> <laughs> but you, but you still have the ability to look, look back and and relive and refeel what the experience was like when you did go through it. 
and you, you can always yeah, I mean I still feel like that now I feel like it now but just mm-hmm. when you know when you go and looking like you say you look at these chunks in your time and just like looking back and going that's why it was such an amazing time because I was on such a high that I was just attracting everything but I didn't know that at the time but when you look back it's quite interesting and then you know there's yeah, times where obvious, I, while, yeah. yeah yeah and then times where I've just been oh I'll hope for the worst and if anything better I'll take that's why you're attracting all the crap stuff, you know, so I don't do that anymore. <laughs> so what do you do now? Me? I question, if I feel myself like feeling a bit um, grumpy, I will just question it. And hmm. what I would will Louis find do? stuff that I appreciate. <laughs> what would Louis, <laughs> Louis wouldn't get there. Yeah, but that would be that. This would be. But I do. I pull on the lessons that you've taught me. I do. I look, but what can I appreciate at this current moment? What can I appreciate at this time? I appreciate all my lovely clothes that are here and my shoes that are behind me. And I appreciate my kids and I appreciate my family. And I'll just, and then I also think, well, what can I do about it? And take myself to the present moment. There's nothing I can do about this now. I'm in this moment. I'm safe. I'm talking to people I like. I'm warm. And listen to the beautiful rain by me. So I just bring myself into the present and not worry about the future. I'm thinking maybe I'll get myself a post-it note and I'll put WWLD on it and post it right where I can see it. What would Louie do? do? (laughs) We should all get T-shirts. WWLD. We're reading the live stream comments, guys. Um, Our friend. Maria says Louie would go to the sauna. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely true, Maria. <laughs> and then you know, you know how therapeutic that is. Uh, you, if you go to the sauna with even a few aches in the body or anything, or joints that are not so great, or thoughts that aren't so great, you come out just feeling on top of the world. You know, you know, sauna and then plunge pull, sauna plunge pull, and you're shocked out of almost anything, where whatever you are, you're shocked out. Of course, so, you have a very uh, positive association there too. That helps. I do. I do have a very positive association. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people I hear, actually, it's a very peripheral now. I hardly hear it at all, but I used to hear a lot. Oh, this, this is broken in the, in the club. This is broken in the club. That's broken in the sauna. That's broken. In the, you know, this, this steam room is not working, etc. Um, there's a, this huge amethyst in the, in one of our steam rooms and somebody went in there and just broke it, hmm. broke it all. You know, you've got this beautiful, I mean, massive one. So it's about half the size of, of us. And somebody went in there and just broke it out and then threw it on the floor. And then they put it back again more solidly. And then they broke that too. Hmm. Now they've got some armored glass plating on the side of it. Hmm. <laughs> and it stayed. It's remained. <laughs> yeah. Well, you um, make it but, you know, those, these sure. people are always, always complaining and, um, uh, and, and, you know, now I hardly ever experience that, you know, people that are coming to me are wanting to talk about completely other things. And, um, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. Um, there's a lady who I want to get on the show who was there on Thursday and she still wants to come on the show, but we, I, I need that link again from you, Walt, the one where you've got your diary and where we can fit people in. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll send it yeah, to if you. Can Again, I'll send it to Sabina. And, um, you know, I've always wanted to get somebody who's in the sauna to say that I actually go there and I talk to people. Validation. 
I just sent you a link via our private chat, so you can pick it up there. Oh, brilliant. Thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what else is happening in your life, Walt? I mean, you're, you've, I was you've just got all these the hosts that you've been having. Have you had any great hosts so that you wanted to With talk the guests about? And co- well, yeah, all the my guests. co-hosts are great. That's for sure. And, I'm not the, uh, well, the guests. Yeah. But, but the guests have been great, too. We've had really good guests on lately. And we had a good one last Monday. Yeah, yeah. We well, we had one who was going to be on today who was really great. He had to postpone, but this guy is going to be really interesting. I'm going to see if I can get him okay. back for a Monday again. I think you in particular will like this guy. His mm-hmm. Name is Neil Cannon. But yes, the, the the guests really have been very very good lately, um, to the point where, I mean, it's not like the old format where we would just get on the three of us and just you know do a show together. Now we're bringing on a new personality every time, but I'm liking it. Because we're getting such great personalities, people who really contribute some fabulous perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it almost I always love that new baseball. energy. Yeah, me too. Me too. I love it a lot. So yeah, it's been good. Um, as for my own life, uh, I think most people know uh, we're in the midst of the gardening season, which is about, uh, it's got about a month and a half, two months left. We actually reached a point about a week ago where the amount of business we had was really, really minimal. We were down to about two days worth of work, which is really small for us. I was getting a little nervous about that. I was getting a lot nervous about that, to be honest. Um, then Louise and I just went to the beach to get away because I needed to shake mm-hmm. the energy up. And when we got back last, that was last week, we went to the beach. When we got back, Phone started to ring and went to the beach this past weekend. Phone's been ringing since then. We're now booked two and a half weeks out. So that's the good news. Things have turned around mm. because we changed the energy, which was a good thing because my energy was going in the wrong direction. You know, let's just mm-hmm. be perfectly honest about that. It was going the wrong direction, but took the steps, took the steps you have to take in order to turn it around and they turned around. Plus I, it got me, there's actually, you, you like to point out Louie, how, Whenever there's something that happens that you don't like, to, that's a good thing because because it it stimulates you to you know mm-hmm. want new it's an expansion point, not, not an expansion a point, yeah. right? And it in this case that was also true. It was an expansion point in that it kind of reminded me of some projects I hadn't been pursuing. I kind of let mm-hmm. them go, um, and I returned to them because I said, "Well, hey, I got it. If if this income goes away, I got to replace. It. I got to get another income stream going, which I really needed to do anyway." And it got me thinking about these other ideas I had previously. So I've been taking steps along those lines. So they actually, it did serve a, a very useful purpose to have the the business seemingly start to go away and then come back. Mm. As long as it came back, I'm happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, like I said, I, Louise, home- I need income to feel good. Don't give me this other stuff. <laughs> uh, money can buy me love. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> but it does pay the bills. <laughs> but it does pay, pay the bills. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, more, more downtime sounds, sounds good. More, more, more things that you're doing that you love. You know? Yeah. It's, it's more things that I was doing that I would love. And it, and it was, um, it was taking my mind off of the stuff that I kept focusing on that was setting me up wrong. I was replacing all that with just being in the moment, looking at the water and looking at the people at the beach and just staying there, staying in that place. And that Mm. is one of my favorite ways. I mean, whether it's at the beach or anywhere else, it's one of my favorite ways to stop a pattern I don't like. Just 
stay in the now on something I like. It doesn't have to be anything productive. It doesn't have to be anything unusual. It just has to be something I can focus on that feels good to me. Mm. It's the best method I know of. I haven't found a better one anyway. I've had some good ones recommended to me. It's not like I haven't had any input, you know, plenty of input. You get enough guests on the show, you get lots of input, but that's the one that works the best for me. Yeah. I've always found that you just take the life's philosophy, just break it down to its absolute simplistic, simplest form, which boils down to largely thought and vibration. Mm. And then if you pack everything into that and then bring it back out to the solution, it works very well because you kind of need to get to that simplicity to help the complexity. It's just the way it works in life. So it's a contrasting teacher. I kind of talked about that. I, I was a guest on a podcast with somebody who was a guest on our show. She was on about uh, two or three months ago. Her name's Karen Timer. And I was a guest on her show last week. And that was something we talked about exactly that point. Um, the way we were discussing it was a little bit different. We were, we were kind of approaching it from the perspective of, well, I, I mean, it was, it was toward the end of her, her show and she asked me, do you have last words for the audience? You know, like, what are you going to say for last words? I don't know. Well, the first thing that came to my mind was have fun. Mm. And if you can't reach, have fun, feel better. Mm. And that became like a, a last conversation point because really that is to me, that is that simplest approach to use what you were just describing. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the easiest way. Just find a way to feel better. It doesn't really matter what it is. But it, it really helps. I mean, I know all of us on here know, know this, but it, it really helps people to understand that you, the whole concept of emotional guidance, because it's so clear in our mind what it, what you've said, there's a background, there's a philosophy to it. There's the whole emotional guidance, mm. the guidance scale, how it all works. Is sitting there as a base for you to be able to jump to. This is how it is with its simplicity. Um, and it really helps to have the underlying or the background, um, understanding of how life works with greater and greater clarity. Then getting into different situations becomes easier and easier and easier. And uh, that's what I love. I'd, I'd really, you know, if anybody wants to test their philosophy, I'll, I will sit and chat to you. <laughs> uh, open invitation to anybody. <laughs> if you want to test your belief structure, speak to me. <laughs> I, I agree with you that that having the background understanding makes a huge difference. Uh, I I will take a little bit of issue with the emotional guidance scale. Not that I think it's wrong or bad or anything like that. It's just I, I think it's overdoing it. It's not simple enough. The simplicity is what when it feels that, bad, turn around, go the other way, and when it feels good, that, that's in that's yeah, and, and rather than. That's complicated. Well, that, that's that's the, the less complex. The more complex one is, well, you're feeling anger. Can you go move up to irritated? Like, no, no, that's that's too slice and dicey for me. No. Yeah, but if you don't understand that, then <laughs> then you try go from sad to happy, and you don't understand that you can't do that. There's a vibrational gap too great. So that's why yeah, I take the words out. Of it. Hard, yeah. yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Take the words out. Yeah. Because when I start, whatever I, works, when, when I start trying to think of, in terms of uh, how am I feeling right now? Well, I'm feeling, you know, overwhelmed. Okay. Well, can you aim for frustrated? Well, I don't know. Is that higher? Maybe. Kind of. <laughs> that, that, all of a sudden, I get lost in the words. But if I can just mm. aim for feeling better, I can. I, well, better I can go for. It. That's fairly easy. You know, I know where I'm feeling right now. Probably almost anything would feel better at this point, so I can aim for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
But you ask me if, to aim for board, it's like, no, that's not happening. Ah, <laughs> uh, but sometimes I long for board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes it brings relief and release, doesn't it? It does. Absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. What, what, when you're uh, bored, what do you aim for at that point? I'm just curious. Sleep. Uh, I don't <laughs> care, I suppose. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I like the I don't care one. I think it's, you know, it's that pivot point one between negative and positive. Mm, and, that is kind of neutral. You know, to me, it's, it's a really powerful one. Uh, what did my mentor once say to me? Oh, yes. Those three words. So, so powerful. Perhaps, maybe, and sometime. Are, are you enlightened? Perhaps, maybe, sometimes. Are you, are, are you stupid? Perhaps, maybe, sometimes. Are you? And I was like, wow, these are powerful words. <laughs> They're very true. <laughs> well, the non-committal. And when you don't commit to anything, yeah, it's easier. It's that don't care area. Yeah. You know, I don't really care. <laughs> Yeah, it was. It, was, it, it really, really left her. I mean, she didn't do it on purpose or anything. It was just. I think I asked her how old she was, and she said. <laughs> she said something in those veins that I don't. Uh, perhaps, maybe, sometimes, but uh, it was in the lines of, "I'm older than my teeth, and I'm as old as this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Young, younger than that. You know, you've heard that before. Mm-hmm. Um, but." Uh, Something jumped out at me. Those three words are very, very powerful. You know, somebody says to me, wow, great game. Excellent. And I say, well, perhaps, you know, maybe sometime. <laughs> Life and, of the party there. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it can get you out of a lot of trouble as well. It's very powerful from that perspective. Yeah, um, I can see that. But, mm. but on the whole, it's not overly positive. <laughs> but it can be uh, going up the scale. Uh, can be used as a tool it's going up the scale. Emery, you started to say something, and I don't know if you remember what it was you were starting to say. Bizarrely, I do for once. And what I was going to say is <laughs> what I've noticed is that I just capture the, the joy a lot, lot more. And whereas before I was at a concert at, at the weekend and it just felt amazing. It was a tribute concert and it just... I just, it just felt full of love. It just felt like a very mm. different concert to normal. It was just a really beautiful experience, but everybody's recording it on their phones. Mm. And that's something I used to do, but now I, I just stood there and I just looking around and I was just sucking it all in. So rather than trying to capture it somewhere electronic, I was capturing it here and yeah. here and just noticing it so much more and just feeling it and just getting a different, different perspective than I would have done 10 years ago. So, so what's the philosophy? If you broke, if you broke what you've just said you did as a technique. To break it down. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll just tell you what I'm thinking. Okay. Carry on. No, I was just going to say, it's just bring yourself back to the present and feel it, breathe it, enjoy it, love it. So what, what you're taking, taking is a higher vibration experience and you're milking it. Mm. So you're saying, this is great and I want it to last longer. So I'm going to focus on it a little bit more. So once I've got past 14 seconds, the universal law of attraction is going to bring more happiness, more joy, more people, more excitement, more fun. And it's going to get incredible. 
I love that. Rampage of appreciation is another uh, way of looking at it. But but what you're doing yeah. is you're just taking taking something that's really nice for you and, and mulking it. I find it interesting that you were doing a different kind of recording. Like you said, everybody around you was yeah. recording with their phones, but you were yeah. recording with your being. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. what I call an emotional Polaroid. Hmm. I don't, I don't know if you guys do this. those feelings. Yeah, yeah, because what, what I do is I, if I ever want to remember something and I don't have a camera, I literally imprint it in my brain. I say, I'm going to remember this and I'm going to focus on it clearly and I'm going to sit there and just visualize it even afterwards. So I, I look at the image, I close my eyes, and I just paint this picture clearly, clearly, clearly in my mind. And then I stuck it in the straw, and I know that I'm going to be able to go back and retrieve it anyway, anytime. And uh, I've noticed I've done that quite often in my life, but I've never really talked about it. I don't know if you guys have done anything similar. You want to capture a moment with your with your mind's eye, I suppose. I don't quite capture yeah. it the way you describe, simply because I don't do a great job of capturing image per se. Mm. But I do capture memories i capture experiences i'm not sure exactly if i could describe what the mode of storage is you know what is it image is it sound or is it whatever else but i i remember the event i remember the experience of it and the reason i mention that is i find that i access those memories a lot more often than i access things on my phone i have photos and videos on my phone that i'm pretty sure i've never looked at <laughs> <laughs> since they were taken, but stuff that I experience, I'll go back to it over and over and over again. So that's why I was remarking, Anne-Marie, you were doing a, a, a kind of recording that was recording on your being, because I mm. think that's actually the more important recording because mm. it's the one we use more often. Yeah. And there's definitely sort of snapshots in throughout my life that I, that are just so vivid. There's one mm. like many, many years ago, just literally I was driving to a client's house but I was in the countryside. It was a beautiful day. I could still feel the sun on my face and it just felt like today was a good day to be alive. It was just beautiful. And I'm there so easily. And it's mm. just taken more of those, like I say, emotional Polaroids. It just takes you back a lot quicker. It's a good term. I like that. Emotional Polaroid. Mm. Yeah. You, you know, Anne-Marie, I, I, I was just starting the Law of Attraction um, journey and that's really sitting in my car, driving along, really focusing. Oh, everything's going to be really great, and I'm enjoying it. And then the sun, I looked in the rearview mirror, and this car was close behind me. And I saw the guy in the car, and I said, he looks really interesting. I'd love to meet him. Two seconds later, bang, into the back of my car. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. I got out, and I got to meet him, and he was not friendly at all. He was going to meet me. <laughs> This, of course, falls into the category of be careful what you wish for. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the, I wanted to change the subject slightly to power and, 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 and the price hike and how everybody's dealing with it. It's supposed to be a very topical mm. um, uh, topic at the moment. How do you guys feel? or Are, are you guys feeling the the increase or... Is it not so stark in America or I don't know? I mean, here it's massive. Yeah. I, I saw I'm a post about it. that, actually. Yeah. The, I, uh, I mean, we've moved to this house and this house is a lot more expensive than our previous house. And obviously all the bills are going up and my husband's contract finishes at the end of the year. So, and obviously we've just had the summer holidays and I've been like, oh, can we afford to spend? And then I'm, but my view just literally changed. It was like, okay, I spend it. 
I'm going to create the space for more. So yeah. I was trying yeah. not to focus on that. Way, and then literally my husband's boss spoke to him and said, we're going to promote you for the next few months. Quite a substantial promotion. So I was like, great. We're broken even now. And now I'm just like, okay, well, I'm not going to worry about the contract ending at the end of the year. I'm just going to visualize it going forward. And I'm just literally trying to, rather than when I do go into that panic, and don't get me wrong, sometimes I do go into that panic and I'm just like, no, because that's not going to help me. So I just, I just play with things and focus. So yeah, that's, that's how I'm trying to cope with it. I saw a post on um, LinkedIn, I think it was. Not that I spend a lot of time there. I don't. I just happened to see it as I was making a connection with somebody who uh, wanted to come out of the podcast, funnily enough. And the post was basically a guy bemoaning all of this increase in cost where power is concerned, where, you know, gasoline, petroleum costs are concerned and so forth. And the, it, the image that he had created had text on it. So it was a meme. And the, uh, the message was that it isn't the Russian war that's driving the cost up. It's, it's individual greed that's doing it. And his example was that I, I don't remember what the exact numbers were. Germany um, has like a 55% increase in cost. The U S um, I forget what his figure was. I, I know that from my own experience it's probably about a 60% increase. And then the UK 2000% increase. And he says, this is proof positive that despite the fact the UK uses only 3% of their fuel coming from Russia, this is pure greed. This is not, has nothing to do with the, the war between Russia and Ukraine. And if it was 2000, we wouldn't be here. We'd be selling our house and coming to America. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but my point is he was focused so heavily on, Oh my God, we got to blame these people who are so greedy and they're profit takers and all this other stuff. And I was looking at that and saying, well, I have no idea if the numbers are correct, but boy, I don't want to have anything to do with that post. I can tell you that. <laughs> so I moved it, it, as quickly the other direction as I could. Yeah. The, the, there's a question of something I don't actually know the answer to at all. Um, does the government tax electricity and – well, you're jumping up and down. <laughs> <laughs> does the government tax ele- electricity and gas? In the U.S.? Uh, anywhere. I would suppose in, in general. I imagine it's probably across Oh, the sure. It yeah. It is. Okay. I mean, well, here in the U.S., it's usually state or local governments. Do you know what percentage electricity and gas is actually taxed on? It varies. It depends on the fuel. Um, I know Connecticut, where I live, has a very high tax compared to the other states of the union. Um, And I don't know what the exact numbers are, but our gasoline prices tend to be higher than other areas of the country because of that tax. Okay. Um, there is a federal excise tax, and I don't remember what that is. And it's a relatively small uh, tax, and there there are other fees in there too on you know heating oil, and there are various kinds of taxes on uh, electricity generation and electricity transmission. And I mean, there's if you want taxes, they're all over the place. <laughs> okay. There are lots of them. No, I was just curious because basically electricity is a an essential, I would say. <laughs> Sure, that's why you tax it, right? 
That's that's the way you think when you're a politician, you know. um, (laughs) But but I'm just saying that's what politicians do. You know, is it something you can get lots of revenue from? Okay, tax that thing. (laughs) So 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 the thing you were talking about, Anne Marie, you were saying, you know, if you know if 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 you give out money, more money will come because you now got the space. It's kind of like the flow needs to go. So at the moment, I was thinking, you know, we've paid out a lot of a lot of things at the moment. You know, we paid for the solar panels, we paid for this, paid for that, and now I've eventually got my whole solar panel thing set up so we can we can put it into the grid and get paid for it. And uh, I was on the on the call to the lady today, and she says, "Oh, for all the trouble you had, we'll give you fifty pounds." Oh, that's nice. Oh, the the power that you generated last month was seventy pounds. It's like what? Nice. 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 I had no idea. Um, So um, then I phoned up uh, British Gas for one of my properties, and I said, you know, my tenant was here between there and there, and I need to pay the gap area. How much do I owe you? Oh, no, you're actually in credit. We'll send you a check for 80 pounds. Like, okay, (laughs) cool. I have no idea what 80 pounds, <laughs> what, what it's doing there or how. I didn't pay the 80, I promise you. <laughs> but no, it's me and I'm the owner of the property. I must get it. So they wrote me a check. <laughs> and then what else happened? Uh, uh, something to do with my electric scooter. Then I got some money back for that as well. And then it's just money coming from everywhere, all different places. Everybody's paying the money. It's like, yeah, nice. <laughs> That is nice. Um, <laughs> uh, actually, and, the uh, uh, federal government in this country passed some sort of legislation that I don't know what the details of it are, but uh, if you do something similar, if you if you put up solar panels or you know wind wind capturing devices or whatever, um, you can get those kinds of of advantages. And in some cases, the government will actually pay you to to put them up in the first place. And you know, so there's there's a whole bunch mm-hmm. of that. Stuff that same kind That's of thing all been there. removed in the UK. You have to pay for solar panels. You have to pay for everything. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. They're all all those incentives, everything, even to get a, um, they gave you four hundred and fifty pounds towards putting uh, an EV charging point in your house. Mm. Now they've taken that away as well. So everything just landed just just after we started setting up. Everything was taken away. The only thing we got was 20% tax was removed. You didn't have to pay the 20% tax. Which is significant. So it is significant, yeah. 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 But at least we got that. But everybody else um, and before that got a huge amount more. And uh, we, we were just slow in the uptake, really. We should have gone much earlier to Solos. And, I, and they really count. I mean, I'm charging the EV car, running around on, on the battery most of the time, etc. But, you know, when they're on sunny days, you have to suck from the grid, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but the amount you send back to the grid pays for that. So, That's you nice. know, you still round up even or, or even making a bit of money. So it's, I'm, I'm really chuffed about the whole system. It's, it's, it works incredibly well. That's good. I can't say that you can actually make more money than you, by, by putting in, uh, electricity than you, than you take out. Because if you try to do that the way they've got the law written here, you still end up having to pay a little fee. They get to just keep the rest of the, mo- the energy for free. But, yeah, there, uh, there's what they call a standing charge. You know, just being connected, you have to pay twelve pounds a month. Um, so you have to pay that. Uh, but just being connected, even if yeah. you. But but if if you put in, if you only paid the standing charge, you never used any electricity. 
um, and and you put power into the grid, you will get paid for that as well. Some yeah, guys, so that, that doesn't a, happen here. That's the yeah, part that, that doesn't that happen. Will happen. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that does happen. And there are I've plenty learned of people a lot stories. about it, a lot yeah. about it over the years. Um, uh, since I got the solar panel, not over the year, probably over the last four months, but there, there's a lot I've learned. There mm-hmm. are so many bits and pieces to this puzzle. Oh, there are. It's crazy. My my brother-in-law is actually in the industry. He works for a company that um, provides uh, wind power and solar power and sells it to the grid and all that kind of thing. And he's kept very, very busy. He he works kind of on the periphery of it. He doesn't even do the main stuff. He 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 does the IT uh, support kind of things. But even what he does, he gives us like a little idea of it every time we visit. And, oh, my God. It's crazy. <laughs> There's so many pieces to it. It's just incredible how many pieces there are. Wow. I wanted to ask you, well, was I right in seeing somewhere briefly that America's trying to send a rocket to the moon? Yeah. Yeah. Artemis one. Our, our first return or to something and to, to launch, failed to launch twice. In fact, it's a program my brother is working on. My brother is, yeah, he's a software engineer, and that's the, uh, the the program he's been contributing to. <laughs> he joked to me recently, "Yeah, I've contributed one line of code." <laughs> <laughs> Did you not say there's a quicker way to connect with the <laughs> <Yeah>. person? <laughs> didn't, didn't didn't you tell them they just got to hand it all over to Elon Musk, and it'll be up there in a second? <laughs> well, he wouldn't disagree with that actually. Sorry, he would not disagree with that. Yeah, imagine. <laughs> and, and they actually see Musk quite a bit. He he works in the building right across from the vehicle assembly building on the launch pad, pad there. And All right. So, so Musk has come through a few times, and and he's seen him, and and I think he was actually in a meeting where Musk was in, so he's had a chance hmm. to to kind of see the guy up front. But he was also telling me because he he he's in a job right now where he he does not actually do most of the important programming. He gets the junk programming jobs. They're the ones that the lead programmer doesn't want to do, so he hands it off to my brother, um, which is fine for my brother. He says, okay, you know, I'll just I'll collect my paycheck. He gets a good paycheck out of it, so what the heck. But when they have a launch day, he and all the others have to be on site in case they need some quick coding on something, which almost never happens, which means they're just sitting there. there there's He's in a team of three. They're just sitting in a side room off the main control room, there are a whole bunch of these side rooms all over the place there. And they're just watching what's happening. And they are, well, I, I shouldn't say this out loud because I don't want to get them in trouble. So I, I won't say it out loud. But let's just say that there isn't a whole lot for them to do. So they have a lot of fun with it. Mm. They enjoy it. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> reminds me when I worked for the BBC. They, they weren't ready for me. They got me in as a contractor to work on the IT. And this is in Scotland, in Glasgow. And uh, I went down to the little room at the bottom, and I played darts. And I did this for a month, and then I resigned. I said, I can't do this. <laughs> paid 30 pounds an hour to play, throw darts. You know, most people would stay, but I just gave up on it. I just couldn't make it. Yeah, we probably became pretty good at darts. Yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. It's just and, – and the guy was annoyed with me for leaving. He was really annoyed. He didn't give me a good um, – uh, what do they referral? Call it? Referral. Mm. 
but I'd really I can't had believe my TV license. I can't believe my TV license just paid for you to play darts. I really yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it was a lot. A lot of people's TV licenses paid mm. for the darts. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad you put the money to such good use. <laughs> <laughs> so immediately from there, I went to, um, actually, while I was up there, uh, my, a friend of mine just said to me, um, I do, I want to learn podcasting. Somebody can, can somebody chat to me about it? So I said, mm-hmm. I would. Mm-hmm. So she said to me, what's the name of your podcast? So Myla's, um, she was up there in Scotland when I was up there in Scotland, um, in the BBC. So I just wanted mm-hmm. to bring her up. Uh, so after that, I went to Ireland and I worked for a mobile phone company in Dublin mm. for three months. And that was great. It was a lot of fun. I can tell you stories about Ireland probably for half a day. <laughs> mm. It'll have to be in another session as we've got two minutes left. Yeah. That does really work at this point. Right. You know, 20 minutes ago, probably could have done it. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Myland Myland story is, is is fantastic. Well, it's a beautiful country, so I mean that that's going to give you a good starting place, right yeah. there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, all right. This has been fun, though. I've enjoyed it, mm. and uh, I've been glad that we've been able to uh, have the old style chat, even though we didn't have a guest today. So, thanks that's for fun. catching us, up, guys. Thanks for letting us know how your your getaway that wasn't a getaway went, Amory. I was glad you had a good time with your family. Oh, that was wonderful. And, Thank you. Yeah, that's mm. good stuff. And Louis, as usual, if we didn't have a, a a story that began, well, I was in the sauna, it wouldn't have been the same around here. So thank you for that. We appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime, Mark. <laughs> Glad to do it. All right. And thank you to our live stream listeners and to our podcast listeners everywhere. We will see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you, everyone. 